Lord, this morning we join with the, the countless angels that are in your throne room and they're worshiping you and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And Lord, we lift up, we know that you alone can save, you alone can rescue us, you alone can deal with the, the situations and the issues we're dealing with. So I, I lift up all of the needs of Mosaic Church, Lord, the, the cards that were turned in today, Lord, we, we lift these needs up to you. Lift up the needs of everybody joining us here online and everybody joining us here in person. We lift this all up to you, Lord, because we know, Jesus, that you alone can save. You alone can rescue us. You alone can provide. You alone can heal. You alone can restore broken relationships. We trust you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Real quick, uh, I want to welcome everybody joining us online. Every week we have folks joining us from all over the place. And, but I, I just want to say real quick to those of you that are joining us online, uh, if you're joining us from some other place where you can't be here or, or there's some reason you can't be here, um, we're, I'm so glad you're joining us and I'm so glad you're here. Guys, would you welcome everybody who's joining us online here today? But I would also tell you, if you're joining us online because you're on the couch and uh, because you got your, your, your meatballs in the, in the crock pot for the game and you're just choosing not to be here, then I would push back against that a little bit and I would say there's nothing like being here in the room. We have folks all the time that tell us that, so uh, come see us, come join us. We have folks that, that come all the time and tell us, you know, I've been watching online for a long time, but there's nothing like being here. And of course, it, it, you know, like when I say it, they're like Asher or whatever, but I'm telling you, you gotta come, you gotta meet the people, you gotta experience worship live, it's, it, there's nothing like it, so uh, welcome. So today is, um, so I was told uh, by Ben, who, who really looks out for Mosaic and, and is, he's the guy that like does all the thinking around here, really, and uh, he said that today is the big game, but the, the formal name of the big game is, is trademarked and copyrighted by the NFL. So we're not supposed to say Super Bowl. So <laughs> I just did it, sorry. Um, so Roger Goodell, if you wanna come down here and sue us for saying Super Bowl, go ahead and do it, but please listen to the whole message. Jesus loves you, man, and he has a plan for you, and he loves you, cares about you. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> so today, it's, it's the big game, and it's the biggest sporting event of the year it's the number one day in the United States for uh, people having parties in their homes, uh, bigger than even uh, New Year's, and so it's also the number two food consumption day. It's the, the day that more people will eat uh, more food than any other day of the year except Thanksgiving. And I was talking to a plumber about the Super Bowl, and he said, if you're in plumbing, uh, nobody can take the day off after, after the Super Bowl and I'll let you figure out why that is, all right? But um, it's the number one day of the year for avocado sales. 12 million pounds of guacamole dip will be made today. And you can have all of it. I hate that stuff. It's like eating butter. Anyway, but God bless you if you like it. It's the number one day for buffalo wing sales. 1.3 billion wings will be sold today. That's enough for every man, woman, and child in the U.S. to have four. And so uh, we, we ordered some wings for, for the game today, and we got a text like at 9 o'clock this morning that said they were ready. So I'm like, uh, okay, so I guess we'll go get them. 
but I think the most interesting is that tonight and tomorrow, 7-Eleven will sell more antacids this day than any other day of the year. So uh, somebody's calling in sick tomorrow. You know what I mean? Now, if you're lucky enough to be there at State Farm Stadium in Arizona, uh, the average ticket price for the Super Bowl today is $5,000 a ticket. It's a lot of money. And it's also the number one day for new uh, commercials to come out, new ads. How many of you guys watch the game just for the commercials, right? You just want to see the funny commercials. And so uh, several of them have been pre-released and released already. I watched a bunch of them. There's going to be some really good commercials. But none of them made me laugh as much as my all-time favorite commercial. So I'm going to share with you what I think is the, is the funniest. I, I like it, all right? Here's, here's my favorite commercial. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächter. Das Gerät und das Gerät. Überlebensradar. Mayday, Mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you... Over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello? This is the German Coast Guard. We are sinking. We're sinking. What are you thinking about? That makes me laugh every time. I love that commercial. It makes me laugh. I'm a communication nerd, so that whole internet, I just, I just love that stuff. Now, uh, I'm also, I consider myself a super fan, and I want to talk about being a fan today. I consider myself a super fan of the Broncos. I, I grew up here in Colorado. I've been cheering with them for them since I was a kid. I remember the five Super Bowl losses. How many, your heart still hurts a little bit from the five, which is a record, by the way, Super Bowl losses, right? But I also remember the three wins, baby. How many remember those? Yes, okay. So when the, when the Broncos played Dallas, my dad is a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan. When they played Dallas, uh, we traveled, me and my brother, and we took my dad and met my cousin and uh, a couple of my cousins, and we went and watched the game there at AT&T Stadium. And uh, it was a, we had a great time. This is something we had talked about for years and years, and we finally, we finally did it. I had so much fun that day, I don't even remember who won the game. Just kidding. It was the Broncos. Anyway, um, but this is something that we had talked about with my dad for years. And it was expensive. Like, our seats, if they flew a helicopter there, it would have been lower than us. You know what I mean? Like, we were way up there. That's how far it was. We, it was hard to tell what sport they were playing on the field. We needed that big screen, right? But I want to encourage you. This is something we talked about for years. And then we finally did it. And I'm so glad we did it. And I want to encourage you, sometimes just do the thing. Like, just spend the money. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know you're going to get your tax refunds and you could pay off some bills and that's probably the right thing to do. And as a pastor, I should probably tell you to do the responsible thing. But sometimes just buy the couches. Just take the trip. Just go do the thing. Like, none of us are getting out of here alive and we only have so many, so many days left and we fool ourselves when we think that we're going to have these opportunities forever. And so I would encourage you, just do the thing. But but during the game, what, one of the things I noticed is, so we got there, and I thought, we we're going to get killed. I mean, like, if you guys, some of you guys might remember, there was, we had no chance. We were going to get blown out. I was just happy to be there. Uh, and so halfway through the game, the Broncos are demolishing the Cowboys. We're killing them. I was more shocked than anybody. And, and the Cowboys fans started leaving. Like, halfway through the game, they're leaving. And they're leaving from good seats. And I'm like, 
I'm going to go down there, you know, and take their seat. I'm not one of those. Like, I am a diehard. I'm staying till the very end, till the cleaning guys kick me out because I paid my money. I want to get my money's worth. I'm such a diehard Broncos fan. Even when the Bible tells me I might be wasting my time. <laughs> Psalm 33 says a horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it and Russell Wilson cannot save. <laughs> but we got Sean Payton now, so it's, all right. Anyway, so, I, but I'll, I'll tell you, I am, a, I am a fan of the Denver Broncos. But you know what? I'm not a fan of Jesus. Not anymore. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that. A guy by the name of Kyle Eidelman wrote a book called Not a Fan of Jesus about 10 years ago. And that phrase has always stuck with me because I used to be a huge fan of Jesus. I used to, I, there's, there's so many great things in the world that are because of Jesus. I mean, if you read, if you just read through the, the New Testament, you see he was a great guy. All that stuff about turning the other cheek and, and the greatest commandment, loving each other and loving your enemy. Who wouldn't be a fan of Jesus? And if you look at history and uh, the impact that his life had on history, uh, on health care, on community service, the very first hospital ever created was created by the church. The very first orphanage ever created was created by the church. All of these important things, people taking care of, of each other, all happen in the name of Jesus. Who wouldn't be a fan of this guy? His life made a greater mark on the history of the world than any other person who's ever lived. As a matter of fact, we even mark time by the birth of Jesus Christ. He reminded people that, he, that God loved them, that, uh, that, that God cared about them. He healed people. He fed people. He cared about people. It's no wonder that so many people are fans of Jesus. I just don't happen to be. I, I, I used to be a fan of Jesus, but I'm not anymore because he asks us for more than just being fans. He wants us to be followers. He wants us to get in the game. He wants more than just us sitting in the bleachers and cheering him on and doing the wave. He's inviting us to get on the field. The difference between a fan and a follower, between, the difference between a fan and a player, a fan watches from the stands. A player is on the field fighting it out. A fan is safe. A player takes risks. A fan has nothing really at stake. A player is all in. I heard someone say once about the NFL, uh, the NFL is basically 55,000 people who desperately need to exercise, watching 22 people on the field who desperately need a break. If you've ever gone to an NFL game, you know there's some folks there that need to work out. You know what I mean? No offense to anybody. I mean, look at, I'm not, right? But I've been there and I'm watching someone walk up all those stairs and I'm like, brother, are you going to make it? Like, do we have EMTs here just in case? I mean, my boy, anyway, okay. Today, there will be 100 million people watching this game. And many of them, most of the guys and a few of the ladies will be like, what are you doing? I could have made that throw. What you need to do is this. There's no shortage of fans telling the players what they should be doing. But there's a big difference between being a fan and being a player, being on the field. So Jesus... There's this part in the Bible in John chapter 6 where Jesus has a lot of fans. He's been uh, doing miracles. He just finished healing a paralyzed guy. And he's really popular. And we see that he uh, attracts a crowd of 5,000 men plus their families. So uh, Bible scholars believe the crowd was like 20,000 people. 
He does a miracle and feeds everybody, so his popularity takes off. He's a rock star. I mean, he's, he's trending, he's viral, he's verified on Instagram. Jesus is get like big, he's big. Bigger than Taylor Swift, okay? Bigger, he's, anyway, okay, you get it, right? And it's at this point where Jesus is ultra popular that John writes this about the people. John chapter six, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. So these people are following Jesus because they heard how he was healing people, how he was doing miracles, he's feeding people, he's standing up to the Pharisees, he's, he's hanging out with sinners, he's hanging out with the rejected. And so they had, all these people had come to check Jesus out. Which brings us to our first question for today. The question is, what are we doing here? What are, what, the, the main reason the crowds were showing up was because of the spectacle and because of the show and, and they were hoping to see him do something uh, there was this, this energy and this excitement around. Yesterday, Diane and I went to Sam's Club, uh, and we were over by the bakery, and a couple things happened. One, I realized that muffins are really just breakfast cake. <laughs> Did you know that? It just occurred to me. They're chocolate. Anyway, number two, it's nothing to do with the message. Uh, there was like this, all these people around, and they're all trying to get, I guess, stuff for today, and there was this like tension in the air, and it felt like when you were in high school and there was about to be a fight. You know what I mean? And like everybody's around and the teachers are like, what's going on? And the students are all like, it felt like that yesterday. That's what it felt like when Jesus was around. Like there was all of this energy and excitement and tension and the Pharisees are mad and there's all this happening and Jesus looks at them and is looking at us saying, what are we doing here? Because the crowds, they wanted to see something, but they didn't, they didn't really care much about what he was teaching them. They, they, didn't, they were there for the show and the free food. They were fans. They didn't really want to change anything about their lives. They just wanted to see a show. So at some point, Jesus has to define the relationship. He has to look at them and say, what are we doing here? And if you're married, you had a moment in your relationship where you looked at each other and someone said, what is this? What are we doing here? Are we... Are we boyfriend and girlfriend, or what, what, what's happening? And so usually, often the woman will initiate that conversation, right? <laughs> what's happening? Right. If you're married, you had that conversation at some point. If you're married, raise your hand if you remember that conversation, right? Two hands. <laughs> Diane just raised her hand. I remember that conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And she says, bye. And I said, bye. And then 24 hours later, I was begging her to stay with me. I'm sorry, I was back. We were in front of your house. You remember that? So anyway. And so you have this define the relationship moment, right? And then you start introducing each other as, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend, instead of just, this is my special friend. You know, this is Uncle Jimmy, right? We're like, this is my, now my boyfriend, my whatever. You have to have what I call the talk. Right? We're going to have the talk and see kind of where we're at. And that's exactly what Jesus does with the crowd, with his fans. He says, we need to have the talk. We have to de define what this is, right? And so look what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Now this sounds crazy, right? Jesus isn't inviting them to be cannibals, all right? That's not what he's doing. But what he is doing is he's challenging the fans to a deeper, more committed relationship with him. He's inviting them to go from being fans to being followers. He's saying, get off the couch and let's get in the game. Imagine that Jesus is there and this is happening and he looks at you and he says your name and he says, would you come and get in the game? So a few years ago, I was watching the Bronco game and I, was, I happened to be watching it by myself. Diane was in the room and Peyton Manning got to the line of scrimmage, as I call him, Saint Peyton, anyway, <laughs> gets to the line of scrimmage and he calls an audible, which means he changed the play at the line. And he started yelling, my name. I know you don't believe me. He did. I freaked out. I said, Diane, Diane. And she comes running, what? What's the matter? Are you okay? I said, Peyton wants me in the game. He said, he said my name. She's like, no, he didn't. I had to rewind it. I said, I promise. And then I was like, I'm ready, Peyton. What do I do? Like, do you need me to go to play college football first? I have all four years of eligibility still. I could do that, but I really would. I know you don't believe me. Watch this. Did you hear that? Let's watch it again, because I know you're not believing me. Listen close. He said it, didn't he? Angel, Angel, get out here. Okay, I'm ready, coach. I guess you could say Peyton is a fan of Angel. All right, anyway. That's what Jesus is doing. Is he's, he's looking at, the, at the, the fans, and he's calling them by name, and he's saying, if you really want to go all the way with this thing, I need you to eat my flesh and drink. In other words, I want you to, I, I want us to be one. I want to have a relationship with you. And that's what he's doing with us. He's looking at us and saying the same thing. Saying, Who's really in? Every team needs a roster. I need to know who I can count on. This is how the people respond. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed. A lot of them went home because what he was offering isn't what they were asking. They, they didn't want that. They, were, they wanted a show. They wanted, and, and, and maybe Jesus is asking us today, what are we doing here? What are you doing here? Why are you here? Are you here for the show, for the music, for the kids stuff? Are you here because the pastor looks like The Rock and Mario Lopez had a baby? I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Sorry. That wasn't in my notes, I just said it. I, I want to encourage you. You can be a fan as long as you want. You can kick the tires on this whole Christianity thing. I'm not really sure about all this. But at some point, Jesus is asking us a second question. Are you all in? Are you going to commit to this? Can I count on you? Because being a follower of Christ requires absolute commitment. He wants us to go all the way. And in our society, we're not really into absolute commitment. We're more into selective commitment. One of the great lies of the, of the 20th century, 21st century, is that there are no absolutes. There's no right, there's no wrong. There's only 
your truth. Let me tell you, that is an absolute lie. There is right, there is wrong. God does have a plan. God does have a standard. And if we don't meet it, there are real consequences. It's not just your truth, it is the truth. But we prefer selective commitment, like in marriage. If, uh, I'll love you as long as you meet my needs I, at work. I'll be loyal until something better comes along. But at the end of the day, I'm number one. So one good way to kind of commit and go all in is reading your Bible. And so if the Bible starts to tell us things that we don't really like, we do what I call customize my Christianity. What I mean by that is we, we start reading the Bible and, and it says, forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven you. And I say, you know, I like that God forgiving me part, but I don't know about forgiving others. God, you don't really know what they did to me. So what we do is we start to pick and choose what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And then we keep reading and we say, it says, love your neighbor. Jesus, you don't know my neighbor. Like, if you knew my neighbor, you wouldn't have written this. You would have wrote, love your neighbor, except for Esther and Greeley, because you don't, so I'm not, I'm not doing that either. And then we get to a part, Ecclesiastes, or Ephesians, it says, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed should be kept pure. Translation, no hanky-panky if you're not married to each other. All right? And so we say, you know, that's outdated, Jesus. That's not really, I mean, that's old-fashioned. I, I, don't, I don't like that part. And, or then we read, give, and it'll be given to you. For with the measure that you give, it'll be given to you. Jesus, that whole generosity thing, I mean, all they really want is my money. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And what we do is we do this a la carte, pick-and-choose kind of Christianity. But that's not all in. Did that bother anybody watching me do that? Okay, it's not a Bible. It's just a book. It looks like a Bible, doesn't it? But it's not a Bible, so relax, all right? I wouldn't do that to the Bible. But that's what we do sometimes. We pick and choose. I'll take the free food. I'll take the show that Jesus is offering. But to really go all in, let me, let me tell you, if you only follow Jesus in the areas that are comfortable and that you agree with, you're not a follower. You're a fan. If, if, if you're customizing Christianity, then it's not the Bible that you believe. It's yourself. So why are we doing any of this? Jesus is looking at us and saying, I want you all in. Now, everybody's a fan at first. That's how, that's how this whole thing goes. There's nothing wrong with being a fan. At some point, uh, somebody probably invited you here. And so the question is, if you're a fan, are you ready to go all the way and get in the game? So that's how churches grow, by the way. I don't know if, you, if you've ever thought about that or if you knew that. But uh, chances are, if you're here, somebody invited you here. Somebody that you knew and trusted said, hey, come check out this church. You should come to my church. And, and maybe you're just like, he's going to church? I got to see what kind of church this is. It's got to be a cult. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you thought. But, but that's, how, that's how it works. And so somebody probably invited you and you became a fan. And that's how it starts. I cheer for the Dallas Cowboys when they're not playing the Broncos because that's my dad's team. And I grew up and he, he loved them. And so I, I cheer for them. And really, I mean, we, we all know they're not going to do anything. So it's fine, right? It's, it's like harmless. But, 
But at some point, maybe, maybe you started coming to church because of someone like that. They said, you know, you really got to check this out. You got to try this. At some point, maybe, maybe it was because your girlfriend was coming and, and you wanted to be with her or your, your parents made you come or whatever. The people in John 6 came for the miracles and they wanted to see the show. But at some point, we have to decide, am I going to apply this to my life? Am I going to go all in? So this, let this be our prayer today. God, how do you want me to go all in? And there's a lot of different ways that you could do that. The most obvious way is to commit your life to Christ. Jesus was born to a teenage virgin girl named Mary. He lived a perfect, sinless life, the only person ever to do that. And then at the end of his life, he was crucified and hung on a cross to pay for your sins and mine. Not to pay for his own, because he never sinned. But he took your place and took your sin upon him and was crucified. Three days later, he raised from the dead, raised himself from the dead. All of the major world religions. You can go visit Mecca. You can see where Muhammad was. You can go visit the, the pagodas where Buddha's uh, remains are. You can find all of that stuff. You can see where every major, you can see where Confucius is buried. And the difference that you'll find in all of those religions and in Christianity is Jesus' tomb is empty because he raised himself from the dead. So maybe God is asking you to, to go all in, to commit your life to Christ, to really decide, I am going to serve God. I'm going to, from being a fan to a follower. Or maybe it's something different for you. Maybe, maybe God's asking you to, to go back to school. Maybe he's asking you to trust him and, and to start tithing. Maybe he's asking you to join a small group. It's not too late to join a small group. Maybe he wants you to serve here at Mosaic. Maybe he's telling you to get married. Maybe he's telling you it's time to get married. In, in two weeks, we have our Discover class. It's Sunday night in two weeks. And it uh, starts at 5 o'clock. It's about an hour, hour and a half. And if, if this is your church and I'm your pastor and you've never done Discover, that's your next step. Sign up for Discover at the info cart. You're going to learn about how we started this church, about what we believe. You're going to learn about what happens with the money here, which is always an interesting right, question. Uh, you'll learn how, does, how could Angel possibly get fired. That's a good question, right? Because nobody ever cares about that stuff until something bad happens. So I like to put that out there right up front. You'll also learn your place, your spot. If you're like, I want to get more involved, this is how you get it more involved. Go to Discover in two weeks. But I want you to consider just for a second this question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you about a few seconds just to ask God. We're just going to be uh, quiet. Benji's going to play. And I just want you to ask God. You can close your eyes if you want to. God, in what area are you asking me to go all in? What area are you asking me to commit? Go ahead and ask God that question right now. If you're here and you would answer would be, I need to commit my life to Christ. I need to ask him to forgive me of my sins. Then I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. It's a prayer of repentance. All you're going to do is you're just going to say, God, forgive me of every evil thing I've ever done. I make you Lord of my life. Help me to walk this new walk. So if you'd like to pray that, I'm going to invite everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me so nobody feels singled out or embarrassed. If you want to pray with me, those of you joining us online, I invite you to pray also. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me for every evil thing I've ever done, every evil thing I've ever said, 
and every person I've ever hurt. Today I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for taking my place. I believe you are the Son of God. Today I want to go from fan to follower. Make me more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord, I also pray for all of your church, those joining us online, those here. I pray, God, that you would give us clarity on what that next step is, on on how we can be all in with you. And I pray that you would give us the courage to take that step and to go all in. We don't want to be fans here, Lord. We don't want a single fan at Mosaic Church. We want to be committed followers of Christ. So make us more like you. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us one more time? February 26th. It's at 5 p.m. here at the church. It goes about an hour and a half, but we feed you dinner. So if you'd like to go on that, go to that. You can scan this QR code, click on Discover, sign up for that there, or you can go out to the info center and sign up out there. Also coming up in a couple weeks on February 24th. That's a Friday night uh, here at here at the church at 7 p.m. We're going to be doing another worship night. How many guys were at the last worship night? Yeah. It was awesome to just spend some time worshiping God and just and, and really giving Him the honor that He's doing. So we're going to be doing that again here on February 24th at 7 p.m. We'd love for you guys to come out and join us. Uh, but with that, we're going to continue in the same spirit of worship with our giving this morning. And I love this church, guys. I love this be- church because you you guys are a generous church. And I love seeing lives change because of what you do. Now, when you come to go discover Mosaic um, Angel told you, we'd tell you where the money goes. And part of that is, it's the impact that we're making, not only here in this church, 
but in our community, around the world, uh, you'll learn about the orphanages that we support. I, I gotta tell you guys, you, I love you guys because you are so generous. We don't have an overseer. We're not part of a denomination. Everything that happens here at this church and, and the areas that we support happens because of you guys, because you've decided to come alongside, partner with us, lock arms with us, and say, we want to make a difference. And so I just want to say thank you. I love being a part of this church. Uh, but if you're giving this morning, there's several ways you can give. You can see them up on the screen. You can give in person. There's a black box attached to the orange pillar out in the foyer. You can give online at greeleymosaic.com. Text any amount to 84321, or you can go on the Church Center app. But let's let's go ahead and head and pray over this morning's offering. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for all you've given us, Lord. We recognize that everything that we have comes from you. And so, Lord, we give this offering this morning with a joyful and a generous heart. And we just say thank you. Thank you for letting us be a part of what you're doing. Thank you for inviting us to be in the game and not just on the sidelines, Lord. We pray over this morning's offering that you would take it, that you would multiply it, that you would continue to use it to advance your kingdom everywhere Mosaic is active, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, guys, have a great week. Enjoy the big game, right? We can't say the real word, but have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.